Hello and welcome to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from Beyond. Founded by revenue management veterans from the airline and hospitality industries, Beyond is the leading revenue management software for vacation rental owners and managers. Listen in for the mid-episode break where you can find out how Beyond can help you and your vacation rental business. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, thanks for that, Mike. And today I'm talking about digital guidebooks. For those who follow me at all, you know that I am a huge fan of any type of digital guidebooks. We have them across our property management company, and I use them in so many other ways as well. And I'm going to share why I love them and all the things that you can do with a digital guidebook. And if you're already using them, I think you're going to find some extra tips right in this episode. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, super delighted to be back with you once again, recording on this sunny day on the, the Gulf Shores of Alabama. For the next few weeks, be heading home very shortly. I've been looking at the camera that points at my driveway at home and watching day by day as the snow is melting. That's so exciting. You know, you can watch Netflix all you want, but I am finding that just this constant checking of snow thawing is, it's a bit like that fireplace channel you can go on to at Christmas. So I have a snow thawing channel right on my phone. And every time I want a little bit of a hit of home, I watch the snow thawing. Sad, isn't it? But hey, you know, I'm not going home until that snow is gone, until that last little bit has disappeared. But you'll probably be hearing more about that over the next few weeks, I'm quite sure. Today I'm talking about digital guidebooks. I love, love, love digital guidebooks. And, you know, unless you've perhaps been grounded in this industry for 20 or 25 years or more, you won't have that experience of a multitude of welcome books, the uh, the published welcome books, the, the manuals that were kept in properties. And I know there still are paper versions, and, I, and I'm not decrying the paper versions of a manual at all, because I think it's essential that you cater for every type of learning style and every type of reading style. Some people like reading things on a phone, other people like published printed materials. I still like reading paperback books and still struggle a little bit to read a book on a Kindle. So I perfectly understand why there is still a need to have a printed manual in a property. However, with the right digital guide, you can print off a full copy of that digital guide for your guests. And if you ever need to update it, you just need to update one page, just print a single page and update the whole guide. Because that was the problem with the original printed books, that you might spend hours and hours creating one and putting in all the information about the, the house 
and the amenities and the features and the appliances. And you'd probably put in information on local area attractions, things to do, restaurants, places to go and see. But of course, things get out of date really, really quickly. And I recall on numerous occasions renting a property and finding the welcome book was woefully out of date. You know, going to visit something and then finding it was it was no longer open or trying to make a phone call and there was nobody at the other end because the business had shut. And it was something you just got used to that you do your research elsewhere for things to do. And the guest book at the property was simply for having the phone number of the owner so you could f- call them if you had a problem or if you wanted information on places to go and things to see. And in general, those manuals, paper books were, because they'd been around a long time, they were dog-eared, they were coffee-stained. You know, they had the nice little rings, coffee rings around them uh, on the pages and generally pretty grubby. And this new generation of printed guide, which is taken from a digital guide and updated very, very frequently because it's so easy to update, is so much better. So when we had those welcome books, we would normally, and this is what we did in our business for a long, long time, we also sent out a pre-arrival package, which gave our guests all the information they needed to know before they went. So it would be a PDF And we had a separate PDF for every one of our 150 plus properties. And those PDFs would be mailed out once we received the final payment. But as you know, people don't read this stuff. They don't read stuff that comes in as an attachment in an email. And we found this on so many occasions when people would call us up on the day of departure and say, what's the address? I'm halfway up the highway and I don't have the address and I don't have the directions and I don't have the arrival information. I don't have to get, I don't know how to get in. And we'd ask them if they had printed out the pre-arrival package and had it with them. And of course they hadn't, most of them hadn't even looked at it. I remember one occasion on a Sunday afternoon and it had been a very busy weekend and I was relaxing out in my garden There weren't many check-ins going on. I had my phone with me just in case somebody had an issue, but I was relaxing in the garden, end of the weekend, six o'clock, barbecue was going and lived at the end of a fire out. So it was quite secluded and I could hear a car coming up the road. And usually if a car came up the road, it was coming to us. Couldn't figure out who would be stopping by at six o'clock on a Sunday evening in my little rural location. So I went out to the driveway and there was a minivan there full of people, kids, grandparents, parents. And this guy got out and I said, hello, can I help you? Are you lost? And he said, oh, I don't think so. I said, um, we've, we've rented this place. Um, we're here to, uh, to check in. And I was a little flabbergasted. They'd arrived at my home There was nothing on our website that showed where my home was. And I explained to him that this was was my home. It wasn't even my office and not sure why he would be there. And I thought, well, you know, obviously I'm going to troubleshoot this and I'm going to find out where they're meant to be. And he showed me the pre-arrival PDF that he actually had printed off and he actually had read it because he'd ignored, well, sort of read it because he'd ignored the address of the property and the directions to it. And he'd gone right down to the bottom where, 
you know, in the tiny print at the bottom, which had the business address, which was my home address. And he said he'd given this to his nephew to load up into his GPS. So he had arrived at my home thinking that that was where he was coming on vacation, regardless of the fact that it actually bore no resemblance to the property he'd booked. However, when I looked up on our system where he should be going, it was five hours in the other direction. He had driven two and a half hours east of Toronto to find my address. And he had to go back that two and a half hours back to Toronto and then north for another two and a half hours. He actually got to the property at 10, 11 o'clock at night, I think. And, you know, it was very clear that we weren't at fault in terms of the information we provided, because right at the front of the PDF was a picture of the property he'd booked, an address and the directions. But he'd simply given that to his nephew and said, oh, just load in the address into my GPS and we'll, we'll be away. And his nephew had taken the small print from the very bottom, the business address. However, that, that serves to illustrate how much better a digital guide can be because one thing a digital guide will do is allow mapping and using Google Maps will instantly give a route, a GPS route. So it's just one of those stories we've had over the years that I am, you know, one day I'm going to put into a book of, you know, humorous things that have happened in 20 years of managing a rental company. But hey, so just to tell you another story about why I love digital guidebooks, I'm so pleased that the emailed, printed website version is is now so out of date. You know, I went to Costa Rica this year. I've mentioned it several times going to Costa Rica this year, and it was absolutely fabulous. And the host of the place we were staying was amazing. He had this terrific website. It had so much information on it. I mean, just oodles of information on activities and how to book your activities before you went and just everything, absolutely everything you might need. So I have no argument whatsoever about the information that this host provided. However, it was just dense text on a web page. And he also sent numerous emails. And within those emails was more and more text. So I ended up with about five printed sheets plus a printout of his web page with all this information. Much of it was duplicated across the different formats. So it was really tough to figure out how to get there, where we could stop for groceries on the way, what we needed to take with us, what time was check-in even. It was all, it was all hidden in this complex text and it was all there but just so difficult to access. And we did need so many, so, so much information. We wanted a hotel recommendation in San Jose. We wanted to have the directions from the hotel to the villa, which were sent in a separate email, which I lost. And then I was trying to share it with my sister who was going with me as well. So she'd printed out so much of this stuff. And then we, when we got into the car to leave the hotel, we just had reams of paper and it, it was, it was a real mess. In fact, the stuff that this host provided would have been wonderful in a digital guidebook. So I think if you're not using one now, I hope I've explained the power of the digital guidebook. A couple of other things. It, it allows every guest to have access to the information, not just the lead guest who might email and forward all this information, but 
nobody's going to download it. Nobody's going to download and print it. They're just going to rely on the lead guest to do so. So there's a lot of guests out there who don't have information that would be really, really useful to them for them to enjoy their vacation as well. Another huge benefit, of course, is the immediate update across multiple guidebooks. And as a property manager, I know how absolutely essential that is. If, if something changes globally, uh, right across the board, and we, we had, had it, of course, with COVID, we wanted to put COVID guidelines into every guidebook. So it was a simple matter of creating the text and pressing the button and out it went to every single guidebook. It allows guests, a digital guidebook allows guests to prepare without having to ask a gazillion questions, although they will. They will ask, still ask a gazillion questions. You're never going to stop those questions from coming, which is good because it allows you to create a relationship. But I'm going to explain one way of dealing with those questions a bit later on. I should mention that I did put a post out on a couple of groups asking for people's tips on using digital guidebooks, and I got a lot of them. So I'm going to be interspersing those within this episode. So you will hear a little bit more about how users are making the most of their guidebooks. So don't stop listening yet. There's a lot of good stuff to come. So having said, you know, guests can easily prepare without having to ask questions, but you can also confirm check-in times and offer them the possibility or the viability of an early check-in, you know, especially for international travellers coming straight from the airport. So the further benefit of, of the guidebook, of course, is that you have everything in one place. You don't have separate pre-arrival documents and when you're there documents, if you like, which is what we used to have with the printed guidebook in the property and the information we sent before a stay. Now you can have everything in one place, you know, things to know before you go. And that helps to people to make reservations for trips, for restaurants and activities. And of course you can have within the guidebook, you've got links to every one of them so they can jump straight out of the guidebook and go to that website and make that reservation. Something that they couldn't really do with, with a printed PDF. You can include an inventory list and a packing checklist of what to bring. And that is great to have in there. So when, when you get those questions, people call you and say, what's provided? What do I need to bring? Then you link them directly to the page in the guidebook that gives them the home inventory and their list of what they should bring. Another question we hear a lot, of course, is what do you supply and how much of those supplies do you have? And I know, I know some hosts and properties will supply endless toilet paper. You know, the toilet paper thing has been going on for years. Some supply unlimited toilet paper. Others will just give a get you in pack, but you need to let people know what is there. Just set their expectations. And that's, that's the beauty of a guidebook. You can set all those expectations before they go in a, what we supply page that says we supply a certain amount of K cups for the Keurig machine we supply this many toilet rolls. We supply propane for the barbecue, you know, one tank on the barbecue and one spare. If you run out, you'll probably have to go and get another tank. That is setting expectations. And what it does is takes away the uncertainty that people have about anything to do with packing up with supplies and what will be available for them. 
And you always have those links that you can take people back to if they ask that question. So I know that the overriding issue with any form of welcome book, guidebook, guestbook, whatever you want to call it, is the fact that no one reads. And I am going to come back towards the end of this episode and talk about how you can use the psychological concept of behavioural skills training to help anybody get into the guidebook, read what is in there, and also to help them understand and, and assimilate the information that you're sending them. But I'll come back to that a bit a bit later on. So I just wanted to talk about what you should put in the guidebook, what should be in there. And as I said, you know, there's a lot of people who don't read. So you need to put essential information right at the front. And what is that essential information? It's the arrival info, check-in time, the check-in procedures, the directions, any public transportation options, local weather perhaps, the information to help your guests plan their journey and their stay. So you've got the arrival info, you've got directions. Now, I like to include step-by-step directions as well, because not everybody likes to rely on their GPS. I still like the old-fashioned map. I think you can still get maps, you know? But yes, I still like to use the old-fashioned map. I like to look at a map, see the turnings and junctions, etc. So having written directions within the guide is a good idea in that essential information section. When you look at it, you've got to think, if they don't read anything else in this guide, what do they need to know? or what, the, what do they want to know? And the first thing they want to know the moment they set foot in the place is what's the Wi-Fi password and how can we get into it? But in that section, you'll also want to include how fast the Wi-Fi is, just in case they're planning to work while they're there, um, if they're planning to stream. It just helps them with overall planning. You would also include a link to a local store and perhaps some local restaurants in case they arrive late or they need to go shopping the moment they arrive. So if they run out of stuff on arrival, they want that immediate access to where they can go and and get those supplies. And of course, in that essential information section, you need a subcategory called what to do if there's a problem, because I've arrived at countless properties where we've walked in the door and had a check around and something's not right. Something's not working. And the first thing you want to know is, who do I call? How can I address this situation really quickly before it starts to impact my vacation? So you'd have that number, what to do on what to do if there is a problem. So before I move on to just a list of some of the things that you can put in your digital guide, most of which you probably already know, But you may find some nuggets of information here because I've collected this information from quite a few people. So, and some of them surprised me. Before we move on to that, I want to share with you a question I asked of Ryan Saylor at Beyond. And as mentioned in the beginning, Beyond is our sponsor of the podcast for the next 10 weeks. And I've asked Ryan 10 separate questions about dynamic pricing and revenue management. And in each episode, he's going to be joining me to give a very succinct answer. Brian, great to have you back with us. One question that I hear from a lot of people is, what is Beyond and how is it different? Absolutely. Beyond is an all-in-one revenue management platform. And a couple of the reasons why we're different is the support team that we have behind all of our products. So 
anybody and everybody using Beyond has access to our entire support and customer experience team that is there to educate them not only on how to use Beyond, but also about dynamic pricing and revenue management. So if you have any questions or anything like that, you feel free to reach out to anybody on our team. Happy to help. One thing that also sets us apart is how long we've been doing pricing. We've been doing pricing since 2013. So we have so much great, rich data from every market around the entire world to be able to read what's gone on since 2013 in a lot of these markets to be able to price into the future as well. That's fantastic. I love the bit about support. It's so important from every um, supplier platform. And, and I have heard how great your support is. So thank you very much for that one. Absolutely. So I'm going to give you a list now of just things that you can put into your digital guide and some of the things that have come from frequently asked questions from our guests and from other managers and hosts, guests. Uh, And that's always such a good source of, of stuff good source of information to go into any manual that you're providing. So in no particular order, and I will provide you with a list of of all of these things, you'll be able to download if you go to vacationrentalformula.com forward slash VRS434. I believe actually just go to just go to vacationrentalformula.com and podcasts and, and the latest one will come up and that's where you'll find the uh, the download. So the best mobile phone network in the area. That's a really good one for people to know beforehand. Of course, how to find and then access your place and get set up on the Wi-Fi. That's why I, I mentioned that in the essential information. The nearest grocery store and farm shop. People love farm shops and farmers markets, that type of thing. So make sure you have information on those as well. Also, is there a grocery delivery service? Can people order groceries to have delivered to your property before they go? Then there's a sort of house manual style of information that everybody needs to know. And and a lot of that is what stuff you have and how to use it. So how and when to put out the trash. Really, really important. Certainly important in our area because we don't have trash collection. Our trash has to be kept indoors and then taken to a a local dump or landfill. And we don't have property managers, cleaners or maintenance people available to go and pick that up. So it's very important we get that information across because if trash is left outside, the bears will come and the raccoons will come and, and it will be a mess. How to use the coffee machine and other household appliances. Just because you know how to use your coffee machine because it's simple doesn't mean that everybody can do it. What to do if the barbecue gas runs out? We sort of assume that everybody can change a gas tank, but that's not necessarily the case. How to contact you or someone in an emergency? Super important. And we'll, we'll cover off emergencies a little bit later on. Then, of course, out and about, the best places to eat within walking distance, the best local activity providers, your favourite places. This is so important. This is something that makes your place unique and special because you're including the things that you love to do and you love to see. So your favourite places to watch the sunrise or the sunset, your favourite places to go and get an unlit view of the night sky, if you like, if you're in a rural area or if if you're in a town and people might want to get out and see a dark sky and see the stars. Rainy day ideas. 
I've been talking about rainy ideas, rainy day ideas for about 20 years because I think it's so important that you supply information to help people enjoy, continue to enjoy their stay, even when the weather is rubbish. I mentioned this in a blog post back in something like 2006 or 2007 when I first started writing Cottage Blogger. And I suggested that hosts create a booklet because we didn't have the digital guide then, but create a booklet on things to do on a rainy day. And I got a response from somebody that said, why should I be responsible for how guests are enjoying their vacation? They can go and find their own information. I'm hoping that that host is still not hosting. I'm, I'm, I would imagine that she is not hosting any longer <laughs> because that wasn't really the most hospitable way of dealing with the guest questions on what to do on a rainy day. But I've always loved that idea. You can actually buy books, you know, 30 things for, for, to do with your kids on a rainy day. Might be a really nice idea to have one of those in the house. But anyway, you could put all your rainy day ideas in your digital guidebook. It's very important to have a list of restaurants that need to be booked well in advance and make sure that you, in an email to your guests at some point, in that time between booking and stay, that you remind them that if they want to go out for a special meal and they're going to need to reserve, that they do it in good time. Beaches that are dog friendly, or in fact, any dog friend, any pet parks or hikes, great hikes where you can take a dog. We know so many properties are pet friendly now. So actually having a complete section in your guidebook, if you're pet friendly, about welcoming your dog would be super helpful. I'm interviewing a lady called Sarah Sokol, in the next uh, week or two, you'll, you'll be hearing from Sarah. She has started a Facebook group called Dogs Welcome. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And that Facebook group has absolutely taken off with guests who are looking for pet-friendly places, as well as owners who provide them. So it's a, it's a, it's a great sort of matching service between pet-friendly properties and, uh, and guests with dogs. So that was a little aside. I'll be talking to Sarah about being pet friendly in a couple of weeks. So, of course, uh, adding activities, you know, a glimpse of the best things to do. Hiking trails. You can include maps for hiking trails that people can have on their phone. There are just endless opportunities to use a digital guide to deliver the best information to your guests. And then attractions, lists of local theme parks, museums, arcades, any other means of enjoying the local area. That list. Oh, and, and if you have a secret spot not mentioned in city guides, you can create custom entries for, for those, for, for different properties. That tip I got from Hostfully. Link to Hostfully will be at the, in the show notes as well. And shopping, of course. Helps guests pinpoint malls and grocery stores, outlets, local convenience stores, little general stores, if they have a shopping need. What you don't want is for people to have to go and research online elsewhere for all this stuff. You want them to get it all in one convenient place because when they do, they'll be talking to their friends saying, hey, look at this guide. It's amazing. It's a tourism and travel guide for the area. It is everything that I need to visit this location. Isn't it amazing? And of course, you'll see that feedback in your reviews as well. So I want to address the argument, it's not an argument, it's a fact, that people still don't read. And I know this, we, we send out a newsletter to our owners every month. 
And we, we, as you know, we're on the Touchday platform. And within that platform, we can see who's opened their owner manual because we have all our manuals for each of our owners as well. And when we do the newsletter, we embed that newsletter within the owner manual. So the only way they can see the newsletter is to go inside the owner manual. And it is a challenge to get them to read it because when we produce the newsletter and we can go through and we can see who's actually opened it, it is getting better. We are getting the message across, but we need to do more training. And this is what brings me on to the idea of behaviour skills training. And this is used in a whole variety of business and academic situations where you want to help people to, to build their skills in certain areas. And it, it's super useful in helping our guests to get to the manual, to read it and to digest the information that's within it. So there's four elements to behavior skills training. It's explain, model, rehearse and feedback. So for our purposes, let's look at them each of those in turn. So the first one, explain. You want to describe to your guests why you have the guide and how they can use it. Now, that's all well and good, you may say. I can I do that already. I tell them we've got a guide and they still don't open it and they don't read it. Well, you want to make it a feature of your rental because it is a feature of your rental. You're, it's It's not just an added extra. It's a part of your whole rental package that makes it a comprehensive travel guide to the area. They won't find anything like it anywhere else. So you want to make it a feature because, and the why is because it will save them hours of researching on the web because you've already done it for them. So it should be front and center. You know, maybe you've got a website, you could have a banner across the front page that says, get your travel guide to your location. And I'll just mention how some hosts do that, supplying a separate travel guide in a few moments. But so you want to explain it to them in a way that makes them excited that they've got something that perhaps not every other rental does. Then secondly, you model the behavior. So you want to show the skill, demonstrate it. So you could create a Loom video on how to use the guide. Donna Martinez has a property in California. She sends periodic notices in emails and texts reminding her guests to check their book. And in those emails, she highlights special items here and there. For example, noting special events that may they may be interested in while they're there and maybe some recommendations on things to do. So it's a sort of drip feed of emails that goes out making suggestions. And it's a sort of modeling for them, showing the skill. And the skill is to get into the guest guide and find the information. So the third step is rehearsal, practicing that skill. I had a tip from Cozumel Laponi. I'm not sure, Cozumel, how I pronounce that. Laponi, Lapone. She uses a rehearsal for when a guest asks a question. So she might get an email, a guest asks a question. She gives them the link from the guidebook. Yeah, she gives them the link from the guidebook that answers the question. So she's not answering the question in the email. She said, oh, great question. Here's the link from our digital guidebook that'll provide you with all that information. And then she just posts a link. So it's that rehearsal. It's getting them into the guest book over and over again. 
And she said it took one guest, two of these links, to realise I wasn't going to tell her the answers outright. When she arrived yesterday, she told me she'd read through the guidebook and absolutely loves it. So the fourth one is feedback, which is a re- reward for successful performance. And I'm trying to figure out how we can uh, how we can apply this one. But uh, just a story here. Do you remember Van Halen, the rock group? They embedded in their contract rider, you know, when they produced a contract with event promoters, they had a rider in there that outlined specific things that the promoter would be responsible for. And so the standard riders sort of include sound and lighting requirements, you know, instruction for the the setup of the backstage area, and then security needs and nutritional requests for the band and crew. So these details can be as critical as the precise weight of the speakers or as trivial as a specific brand of of toilet paper. And we've all heard of divas requiring such specific things like a particular brand of cracker or or sparkling water to be provided, which seems to be a a real act of self-indulgence. And in Van Halen's contract rider, buried among dozens of points, there was a a stipulation that there should be no brown M&Ms in the backstage area. So they wanted dishes of M&Ms, but all the brown ones had to be removed. And in the rider, it said that the band could cancel the entire concert at the full expense of the promoter if a brown candy was found in that dish. So there's an article in Entrepreneur magazine that actually talks about this. I'm reading directly from this at the moment. And it says, for decades, this stood as a humiliating act of self-indulgence, a rock band forcing someone to search through candy, removing every last brown one for no apparent reason. Yet when lead singer David Lee Roth finally divulged the real reason for the bizarre clause, an entirely different picture was painted, one that serves as a valuable lesson for business. In now-departed arenas such as Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens, the original Boston Garden and Chicago Stadium, Van Halen was loading in massive amounts of staging, sound equipment and lighting. Unfortunately, these buildings were never built to accommodate a rock band of Van Halen's scope. Without specific guidelines old floors could buckle and collapse, beams could rupture, and the lives of the band, their crew and fans could be at serious risk. So to ensure the promoter had read every single word in the contract, the band created the No Brown M&M's clause. It was a canary in a coal mine to indicate that the promoter might not have paid attention to other more important parts of the rider and that there could be other bigger problems at hand. Now, I mention that because it's a sort of reward for successful performance. If the brown M&Ms weren't in the dishes, then Van Halen would know that they'd read the entire contract and they weren't going to pull out. So somehow we can reward our guests for successfully navigating through the guest guide. So have a think about that. I'll be interested to hear if anybody's got some ideas on how you could do that as a reward for successful performance. So those are the four elements of behavior skills training and relatively simple to do. Explain, model, rehearse and feedback. This model of training works. It really does. So if you can follow through those four steps, you may have a much greater chance of getting your guests to read and and find the information that, that you've so lovingly put together. Of course, it's never going to stop questions because people still like the personal connection and they're still going to text with a question rather than, you know, scroll an app or open one on their phone. So when you go with a provider for a 
digital guide. And there are a number out there. The ones, I mean, I we use Touchday. I also have heard great things about Hostfully and and their guide. I believe, you know, Hello Here, Rubaru. There's a number of others. You can just simply Google guest guides for short-term rental and you'll find plenty of ideas. So just to wrap up here, I want to bring in a couple of tips that I've got from users of digital guides. When I went out there and said, what are your tips? I'm going to give you my personal tip, first of all, and it's about emergency, having an emergency page in your digital guide. Because in an emergency, people don't think straight. They can be delayed in making a call if they're struggling to find the address of the property. So the first thing is, is that you have the physical address posted somewhere in your property. But you also want to make it easier for the easy for them to find emergency information in your digital guide. So we strongly recommend that you create a QR code that links directly to the emergency page in your guide and then put that QR page in several places around the house. You know, it might be helpful to have it in a little perspex stand on a bedside table. So somebody has an emergency in the middle of the night, they can pick up their phone, immediately just connect with that QR code. It takes them to the emergency, immediately to the emergency page on the website, which tells them what to do in um, in a stage of emergency. I love that one because it actually worked in one of our properties this year when, when a guest had a heart attack. So we, we have the actual evidence of this working just to actually save a life. And, and that's what the guest said to us. The time it saved in finding the address information of the property because people don't know where they are. You know, they wake up in the middle of the night and they have an emergency and the first thing they say is, what's your address? And they don't want to go running into a living room space and try and find the printed welcome book to find out where they actually are or run out to the driveway because they don't have that information in their heads. Thank you to Richard Moore for suggesting instructional videos for appliances and tech equipment. I love that idea of of embedding video. Here's a couple. You could do a video on how to use a hot tub and how to lift the cover. Credit that to Tyann Marsink. I'm going to put a link to the video that she has for exactly that. A video on how to use a remote control for entertainment. That's one of the most common things we get asked is how do I turn the TV on and how do I, you know, how do I access Netflix, etc. Not everybody is technically efficient. I have one in in hours of how to stand up on a paddleboard and it's just an embedded YouTube video, standard YouTube video on how to stand up on a paddleboard because people often ask, ask that. A video on how to light a barbecue manually. People are so used to opening a barbecue and pressing the button with the auto auto start. They have no idea how to light it manually. So we're preparing one of those. Just a simple video on how to unlock the door so that you can avoid the calls that says, well, I'm here. I have no idea how I should unlock this door because there are a multitude of different remote locking systems now. And I think it's just really helpful to have that. So thank you, Richard Moore, for for, for, for suggesting videos. Brittany Blackman from Breathe Easy Rentals also mentioned videos, uses them too. Bob Garner from Casal del De Fici that I spoke to a week or so back about creating green events. He has an environmental impact page on his digital guide. So show your greenery, tell people how green you are and what your environmental efforts are. 
Bob also has a give back page which showcases his causes, the cause, the environmental causes he supports, and he encourages guests to participate. If you're pet friendly and support a local shelter, perhaps you should have a page on the guide about that local shelter and how people can support it too. We heard from Hazel Parker who said all of the above. Plus, you have a great opportunity to upsell other services. That might include your own business extra services. Let's say, you know, if you charge for an earlier check-in or a late checkout. Plus, other tourism offerings in your area. If you partner with tourism outfits and get a discount, then you could have an opportunity to upsell those. And then Hazel says, once I receive a booking, I send my guide five times before arrival and each time reference or send a direct link to a different part of the guide. This includes sections on extra services we can provide and on local tourism experiences in the area. And she says, since doing this communications process with my digital guide, my upselling has increased by 300%. Love those ideas. And I hear that from a lot of people about sending a link to the guidebook multiple times after someone's booked and giving them a link to different, you know, you might have send an email with a link that says, you know, here's the activities and another one that says, here's the restaurants in the area. Could be another one that says, hopefully the weather's going to be great when you're there. But if it's not, here's the link to all the things that you and your family can do on a rainy day. So it encourages people to get into the guide, to explore it a little more before they go. So I've been able to pack 50 minutes of talk about digital guest guides into one episode. I could probably do more. I'd love to hear more about your digital guides. I've got loads of stuff on the show notes, loads of links, not only to Touchday, Hostfully and other platforms, but also to people who use guest guides and and have sent us some tips. And I'll be including some links into their guest guides. So folks, that's it. Ton of stuff on using digital guest guides. I'd love to hear from you uh, if you've got any more tips that I haven't included. And as I said, you can go to the show notes and download the list of suggestions of things to put in your digital guest guide. So please do that and let me know how you enjoyed this episode. So as I mentioned, upcoming, you're going to be hearing from Sarah Sokol, who has created the Facebook group, Dogs Welcome. You're also going to be hearing from Brittany Blackman, who is the founder of Breathe Easy Rentals. We talked to Brittany a year ago and we're going to come back and talk to her again and see what's happened in a year of managing rentals, acquiring new properties and being absolutely amazing at networking. So we'll be hearing from Brittany very shortly. And there's several more upcoming interviews that I'm sure you're going to really, really love. So keep listening. Always love to know that you have my voice in your ear when you're hiking or biking or in the car or in an aeroplane or just doing a plain old turnover. So until then, have a great day. Thanks again for listening to this episode brought to you by Beyond. For more information and to connect with Beyond team, visit vacationrentalformula.com forward slash beyond or simply click the link in the description section of this episode on your smart device. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com 
We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week. 